Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Morkovich is an orthopedic surgeon who replaced my hip last June and replaced my knees in 2006. Look forward to a discussion about robotics and custom implants. And Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well, bringing us up to date on what's happening on the local scene. It is April the 13th, and on this day in 1360, on so-called Black Monday, a hailstorm killed an estimated 1,000 English soldiers in France. The storm and devastation it caused also played a part in the Hundred Years' War between England and France. The Hundred Years' War began in 1337 by... Uh, 1359, King Edward III of England was actively attempting to conquer France. In October, he took a massive force across the English Channel to Calais. The French refused to engage in direct fights and stayed behind protective walls throughout the winter when Edward pillaged the countryside. In April 1360, Edward forced, uh, forces burned the Paris suburbs and began to move towards Chartres. Uh, when they this was camped, when they were uh, camped outside the town, a sudden storm materialized. Lightning struck, killing several people, and hailstones began pelting the soldiers, scattering the horses. One described it as a foul day full of mist and hail, so that men died on horseback, all written in Old English. Two of the English uh, leaders were killed in panic sitting among the troops who had no shelter from the storm. The heavy losses suffered by the English were seen by many as a sign from God. King Edward was convinced to negotiate peace with France. Uh, on May the 8th, 1360, the Treaty of Brittany was signed, marking the end of the first phase of the Hundred Years' War. Uh, Edward agreed to renounce all claims to the throne in France, uh, though he was given control of land in the north of the country. Fighting resumed nine years later when the king of France declared uh, claiming Edward had not honored his treaty. The last phase of the Hundred Years' War did not end until 1453. Can you imagine that? Uh, going war all that time. <clears throat> A thousand killed uh, by hail. 1360. Collier County passed a new resolution banning both vaccine and mask mandates in the event of a future pandemic. The resolution supporters said it meant, to, it meant to protect individual liberties while critics worry it could create a future health crisis. The resolution passed 4-1 to one with only a single county commissioner voting against it. Uh, this is unacceptable conflict with mandating anything and it is in violation of our rights not to be harmed, injured, or deprived of life without due process of law, said Scott Kiley of Marco Island. He's a member of the self-proclaimed COVID tyranny task force. Uh, for the first time in history, we've improperly and lawfully quarantined the healthy, including children. This caused lives, Kiley claimed. 
It prolonged the pandemic. It crushed the economy. It served no purpose. It caused irreparable social and developmental harm to children. And we must never allow this to happen again. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. On Tuesday, despite information from health agencies that contradicted his claims, Kylie got his wish, and the commissioners passed the Health Freedom Bill of Rights. Uh, opponents argue that the state law already protects against ma mask mandates and vaccine requirements. As an American, you have the right to your opinion, but you do not have the right to dictate public health, said Jane Schweitzweig, uh, chairman, chairwoman of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Executive Committee. Uh, we believe it will not be effective in rebuilding the trust some community members have lost in public health efforts, and we cannot support it, said April Donahue, executive director of the Cuyahoga County Medical Society. Collier, uh, Commissioner Chris Hall, he's our commissioner here in North Naples, is behind the new ordinance. All other commissioners except Bert Saunders backed it. I don't think there's any way I can get uh, to a point of supporting the resolution, Saunders said. You don't need an ordinance in Collier County adopting state law to be able to educate people on what the state law says. And so I don't really see the need for the ordinance. Well, he's right. Uh, there's already a state law against mask mandates and vaccine mandates. He is right about that, but I think it will uh, add, uh, if uh, other officials come in, federal officials, whatever, to say that the Cuyahoga County has voted on this as well. I totally agree with the resolution. Uh, we need education, not mandates and laws to, to uh, direct our behavior. And it was so outrageous what happened in 2020 to uh, 2023 with regard to the mandates. <coughs> Happy that's over. <coughs> Congratulations to the Cuyahoga County Commissioners. Well, Bjork giant Anheuser-Busch, the creator of Bud Light, has seen its value plummet more than $5 billion since March 31st. That's not a long time. Days after the launch in its controversial advertising campaign, the company's market capitalization has fallen 4% since partnering with male-to-female transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney. Mulvaney has posted numerous videos and photos on social media uh, sites in order to promote uh, the promotion of the sponsorship deal featuring special made cans with influencers' likeness. Anheuser-Busch defended its decision in a statement to uh, Fox earlier this month. From time to time, we produce unique commemorative cans from fans from brand, brand, brand influencers like Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, the commemorative can was a gift to celebrate a personal milestone. It's not for sale to the general public. But a national beer industry analyst later informed the outlet that the company's brand shift from fraternity brothers to woke left was probably not the correct one. They've already done enough damage in one week to disrupt year-long sales projections, the analyst said. You don't just make up these sales. People aren't going to drink twice as much Bud Light the following weekend to recover the lost business. And so true. Well, as President Trump said, any, uh, if you go woke... Uh, <clears throat> It turns to uh, crap. He didn't use that word. He used another word. But you get the idea, and it's certainly true. When will businesses learn? <clears throat> uh, and uh, it certainly got nothing to do with that trans people or anything like that, but it just is very offensive to Bud Light drinkers. And they proved it by uh, not patronizing the uh, Anheuser-Busch brand. Seven of Hunter Biden's business associates from his now-defunct investment firm visited the White House over 80 times 
While Biden's father, Joe Biden, served as vice president, according to visitor logs, the visitors from uh, Biden's now-defunct Rosemont Seneca advisors include four business partners, the company's vice president, two assistants, according to the logs. President Biden has repeatedly denied knowledge about his son's business dealings as members of the first family face criminal and congressional investigations. So again, he's uh, lied. First instinct is to lie. He certainly did have knowledge, as proved here with the 80 visitors to the White House when he was serving as vice president. Wisconsin GOP uh, Senator Ron Johnson says the Chinese-American financial institution Cathay Bank has given Senate Republicans records showing millions of dollars going from the Chinese companies to President Biden's son, Hut Hunter. Uh, Republicans and others started raising concerns about President Biden's success uh, in 2020 in the White House campaign, if not earlier, that Hunter Biden used the family name and influence while his father was vice president to make millions in overseas business deals, which could have helped compromise U.S. national security. Johnson told the Washington Times that records show the Biden family involved with a now-defunct CEFC China Energy has connections to the Chinese Communist Party. <clears throat> Excuse me, the firm reportedly gave $1 million to Hudson West III, who was a joint venture owned by Hunter Biden and Gangwen Dong, a business associate of CFC's founder and chairman, uh, according to bank records. In my mind, said Johnson, it's the Chinese government telling Joe Biden, we got the goods on you, buddy, and we're going to dish it up. The records provided uh, by the bank also included those from President, uh, President's brother, Joe, James Biden, Johnson says the bank turned over the records to him and to Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Other banks have denied the senator's request for records so far, but there'll be more coming. So again, uh, proof that uh, uh, we've compromised ourselves. I think this will demonstrate that we've compromised ourselves to the communist Chinese. It could explain a lot of the behavior we have in not dealing with uh, the aggression of the communist Chinese. <clears throat> government. <clears throat> the U.S. Congressional Budget Office said Monday that the federal government has accumulated more than $6 trillion in debt over six months in the first part of the fiscal year. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget released a report pointing out that these figures amount to an average of $6 billion per day so far in fiscal year 2023. Can you imagine that? We're spending what we don't have at the rate of $6 billion dollars per day. Well, Senator Dianne Feinstein announced on Wednesday that her return to work in Washington has been delayed due to ongoing health complications. Uh, she's got shingles and called on the Senate to appoint a temporary replacement for her on the Judiciary Committee. Her announcement came uh, hours after Reps. Uh, Ro Khanna, a Democrat from California, and Dean Phillips, a Democrat from Minnesota, called for her to resign from the chamber. Feinstein has been sidelined since late February after being diagnosed with shingles. Her absence, coupled with that of Senator John Fetterman, has left Democrats working at an even 49-49 balance with the Republicans uh, at best during this time. So, uh, again, the Democrats had won the chamber in the last election, but right now uh, it's been somewhat decimated by Fetterman and, and uh, Feinstein's absence. <clears throat> Former President uh, Donald Trump is suing his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, 
for more than $500 million, according to a uh, filing in a Florida court. Trump is seeking damages from Cohen in a trial for comp- compensatory, incidental, actual, and punitive losses. This is an action arising from multiple breaches of fiduciary duty, unjust enrichment, conversion, and breaches of contract by virtue of past service as employee and attorney, the lawsuit reads. The lawsuit accused Cohen of violating his attorney-client relationship with Trump by revealing his confidences and spreading falsehoods in books, podcasts, and media appearances. It says Cohen wrongfully called Trump a racist in his 2020 book, Disloyal and Fabricated Conversations with Trump. The timing of Disloyal's release, that apparently is the book that uh, Cohen wrote, just prior to the November 3rd election, uh, suggests that defendant intended to improperly disclose plaintiff's confidences when it would be the most lucrative to do so, and while Disloyal would also be sure to have the most damaging reputational effect, the lawsuit said. Uh, Cohen, by the way, served as an executive in the Trump real estate company uh, before 2017. So, uh, Cohen doesn't have $500 million. I think this is more kind of a symbolic than anything. But nevertheless, uh, Cohen violated his client uh, privilege, attorney-client privilege, and uh, that's just not done. And he deserves to get a smack on the wrist, and I think that's what this is going to turn out to be. He may get some money out of it, but we'll see. Uh, he'll probably get that money <laughs> when he receives the $600,000 from, uh, from uh, uh, Stormy Daniels. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Mm-hmm. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harden show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, you may not be aware that Uh, Health plans here in the United States don't cover international travel. Many of them don't. And uh, you can be very vulnerable if you get sick or hurt when you're traveling abroad. So you can cover very little money to get the insurance, but you can travel with confidence if you have it. Go to internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com. We have with us Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about... Uh, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, Florida Citizens Alliance is a, really a grassroots coalition of about 250,000 people now across Florida wow. and uh, over 100 grassroots groups that look to us for uh, leadership in K-12 through education. Uh, we get very involved in the legislative cycle. Uh, we've been very active. I've been to Tallahassee seven times this year so far. Um, you know, fighting for... Um, protecting our kids, uh, and it comes in the flavor of expanding things like school choice, yeah. uh, trying to stop the indoctrination, um, expanding the uh, Parental Rights and Education uh, Act that was signed by the governor last year on uh, uh, preventing uh, um, the schools from teaching gender dysphoria for, uh, yeah. for K-3, and now that's going to be expanded to pre-K all the way up to 8th grade. So, those are some of the kinds of things we get involved in. Yeah, doing a great job, and I just encourage our listeners to support the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, since in the last decade, they've done so much to enhance the quality of education in public schools here in the state of Florida. The website is goflca.com, goflca.com. Before it slips from my mind, I think I read someplace that uh, there's a proposal for legislation to provide the same funding for charter schools as for public schools. Uh, do you know anything about that? Um, I haven't been closely uh, focused on it, um, so uh, I, I really can't tell you much in, in terms of detail. Okay, we, we would support that, but that's uh, I'm not even sure, uh, frankly, where that one stands. We've been following. Uh, we've evaluated over 85 bills. Wow. Um, and we've uh, identified 19 of them that we are strongly supporting um, and uh, and then watching the others. So I can check on that, but I am not 
I can't give you the current status. Well, I'm I'm quite sure it'll come to uh, your your attention when when the time is appropriate. So, Keith, uh, I know you're also at very active in what's happening here in Collier County and uh, uh, this resolution, I'll call it, maybe uh, uh, in the uh, Collier County commissioners uh, voted four to one with uh, Saunders uh, voting no to uh, have no mask mandates or no vaccine mandates here in Collier County. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, there's actually two major parts to that, to what happened. It was a five-hour uh, hearing just focused on this, and and there was also an ordinance. So the the, uh, the ordinance that they passed five to zero establishes a county, uh, a Collier County uh, Health Freedom Bill of Rights. And then the resolution you're talking about um, was four to one. Uh, uh, the difference between the two, the ordinance really establishes uh, and protects um, the, um, the you know, individuals in Collier County um, and basically reiterates what's in current statute and highlights some of the shortfalls in that. The, um, the resolution goes a, a significant step further in uh, highlighting uh, a number of the, uh, you know, the issues including no mandates, no discrimination, informed consent without influ- you know, without uh, interference. And so the, the, the thought process of the folks leading this, and uh, I encourage you to reach out to Scott Kiley, who had, did a great job of heading this effort up, is uh, they want to use this as a platform to educate uh, both the existing rights that you have under Florida law, and that's the ordinance side. And then they're going to use the, the resolution side uh, to work with uh, the legislature and the governor uh, to try to uh, further protect uh, the individual rights of, uh, of, of call your citizens and Florida citizens. So right. it was a twofold approach. Yeah, worthwhile. Got- worthwhile. I tell you, when you read about the WHO and uh, the support by this administration for the World Health Organization to be making decisions about public health policy here in the United States, you know, the more we can do to shore up our individual rights, the better we are. Yeah. Well, Florida Citizens Alliance, as I said at the beginning, focuses on, on kids in K-12 education. And so this was a little bit of a stretch force in, in the minds of some people. But when you think about the impact that mandating uh, masks and mandating, um, you know, um, experimental jabs on on. on potentially on kids yeah it certainly fits within uh, our purview of what we think uh, we want to be involved in so we got uh, we were very supportive uh, I t- talked a number of times with Scott and his team and uh, I actually briefly testified in support of the bill as well, or the ordinance and the resolution as well well never uh, never mind the fact that the science about mass has been proven <laughs> to be totally useless so yeah. I, I think it quite be frankly it could be detrimental to individual health but uh, uh, well done on on that front uh, Keith by the way though the detractors of the bill said well you know right we already got a state law that prohibits this so why do we need a, a, an ordinance here locally and the response the the basic response of the group that was driving this was uh, that um, there are some shortcomings in the law, but they they wanted the ordinance um, in Collier County with the Board of County Commission's full support to be able to then uh, start a major campaign, yeah, uh, educational campaign to help the citizens of Collier County and eventually the state understand what are their rights. That's why the bill uh, they're calling it a bill of rights. 
but also to use it as a platform uh, going forward uh, to, to, to get some uh, some additional protections. Yeah. And so that's how the two kind of fit together. One is, uh, but the, the general premise of both of them is to really make uh, residents aware of what their current rights are under the law and, 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 uh, and then hopefully uh, make some significant changes to further protect our rights. Well done, indeed. You know, the, I'm quite sure, certain that our Surgeon General is going to support this as well. So, uh, quite frankly, I think it's a great effort. Keith Flogan, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, I encourage you to visit uh, the very robust website, uh, goflca.com, goflca.com. And when you do make a contribution, Keith, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome, Bob. Thank you. All right. Well, coming up, <clears throat> we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with the seat Motley, as I mentioned before the break. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist through the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government. Sometimes it feels just like me and Rufus are the only ones that want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big market. Uh, appreciate your efforts uh, in our behalf. So, Seton, uh, you wrote a piece. Uh, small lenders, this kind of made me laugh. Small lenders beg D.C. 
to not accelerate DC's executing them. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I saw an article, um, you know, the, uh, the DC publication Politico, which I call Pathetico, yeah. has a lot of little sub-publications. And one of them is Politico Influence. And what that, they track all the lobby activity that goes on DC. And of course, there's a lot because you're talking about a government that spends 20% of the GDP or more. Biden wants to spend about a third. Um, so you know, that kind of activity by the government is going to attract a lot of lobbyist uh, activity. And again, you're allowed to lobby the country, you know, constitutionally protected to lobby the government. If you want to reduce the size of the lobbyists, the number of lobbyists, you have to reduce the size of government. Right. Uh, you know, uh, people, try, people try to bribe Mike Tyson. They don't try to bribe the president of the chess club. Um, so anyway, so I saw a note that last week um, the uh, a bunch of uh, – Lobbyists for small banks and community banks were all descending upon D.C. And, you know, they're adding a bunch of lobbyists to their, to their rosters. And, 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 and they're all coming to D.C. To, to, in the wake of the, the, the uh, Signature Bank and the, and the Silicon Valley Bank problems. And they're worried that, they're, that more regulations are going to be forthcoming in the vein of Dodd-Frank law. It sounds like they're pretty well informed. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good yeah, decision. Yeah, exa exactly. I mean, you know, it's their, it's their life's work. Right. They, they're trying to, it's self-preservation. You understand them being a little worried. Right. And, and um, so, you know, of course, Dodd-Frank passed in two, after the uh, alleged, you know, in the name of allegedly addressing too big to fail banks. And the way government always works is it kills the small guy and helps the little guy, the big guy, because yep. the big guy can afford the larger government and the small guy can't. Right. So Dodd Frank killed thousands of, of these banks that these very banks that are now hiring lobbyists, you know, to, 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 to pick up whips and chairs and try to fend off the government from another round of Dodd Frank like. Um, Regulation. Yeah, just for our listeners' benefit, uh, Seton, uh, when uh, the government creates big, uh, lots of regulations, uh, big banks can afford to adhere to the regulations and satisfy them. Small banks can't. They just don't have the infrastructure. Right, and big, big, big anything, small anything. You know, if, if, whatever sector it is, the right. bigger the company, the better. And this is why you see this harmonic convergence between big business. And big government, right? Big government, a big business doesn't mind big government so much, right? They can afford to hire the lawyers and the and the compliance officers and the HR department personnel, um, and they get to sit back and watch government kill their competitors for them, right? Which means the businesses don't have to innovate. <clears throat> the big businesses don't have to innovate and improve and offer better goods and better services. They just have to sit back and and watch government kill their smaller competitors and they just scoop up the uh, market share that's vacated by the dead small businesses. Yeah. Um, big, big banks got 30% larger as a result of Todd Frank, which was passed to allegedly dress too big to fail. Yeah. Um, so these guys parachuted in and as you know, as I said, the piece, I totally understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, keep, keep history from repeating itself 
to their detriment in D.C. And, of course, there's also the, the payday lenders, which is the, probably the smallest lenders. They're smaller than the smallest banks I can think of. And not only are they, you know, at least the small banks are being killed accidentally, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have my doubts about that. I, I think the intention, Dodd-Frank, was to kill small banks and was written by the big banks. But, you know, at least the DC's pretending that they're not doing this intentionally. Yeah. With the payday lenders, they're intentionally targeting them. I mean, you've got the Federal Trade Commission going after them. <clears throat> you've got legislation in Congress that, that goes after them. The FTC is basically just by fiat, by a unilateral dictate, uh, diktat, uh, outlaw them. Yeah. And uh, the, the legislation in Congress would do it uh, just as a matter of practicality because they're going to cap the rates that, that the uh, lenders can can lend money at. And, of course, as we know, price caps kill the thing you're capping. That's right. Uh, we, see, we saw it with gas lines in the 70s where they capped the price of gas, and, gee, nobody has gas anymore because you've set the rate not based on market forces, but on our arbitrary government uh, decision. And if you set that rate below a profit-making margin, yeah, uh, you're not going to get anybody doing that activity anymore. No, why would they do it if they're exactly? I mean, you money? got uh, you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I'm sure somebody well, got as, as I wrote years ago, the, the road to hell is paved with regulation. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, just, just. I'm sure you know uh, that uh, what this is going to do will lower the interest rate. It just makes these companies unable to stay in business, and therefore the little guy can't get that loan that he needs to got to buy tires so he can get to work uh, for between Wednesday and, and Friday. It's it's uh, it's a shame. Yeah, it's, it is, and, and we're reaching the point where only billionaires can get loans. You've got billionaires. <laughs> that are getting mortgages against their art collections to get the low interest rate, and they just operate on that money. And, of course, they make way more money just investing. Um, so they're, they're, they're taking up all the available lending money to, to live their lavish lifestyles further crowding out the little guy trying to get to work on Friday, you know, every day. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. Uh, and also, uh, you can visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Dr. George Markovich. We'll be talking about uh, uh modernization of implants, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. And we have Dr. Markovich with us right now. So interesting, by such a coincidence. Since I had my knees replaced in 2006, Dr. Markovich has replaced my hip. It was such an amazing experience. Couldn't even believe it was accomplished in such a short period of time. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Of course, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you. So I was just uh, thinking about all the advances we're seeing with IR, with the robotics, all the things that are happening. How is, how is all that splashing on you and, and your practice? Well, I think it's splashing on everybody in a lot of different ways. Uh, with us, uh, we've, we've had robot technology for, for quite a while, and I've used it uh, you know, rather extensively in some cases, uh, and actually did some comparative analysis and noted in straightforward primary knees, it really didn't make much of a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important to understand that we've always had tools, and the the, the best tool is the four inches between your ears. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's very little that can uh, do what our our brain can accomplish, and tools should enhance that. And I think what ChatGBT and AI and all that, it's challenging those four inches between the ears, and hopefully it'll lead to a better understanding and better techniques. In terms of robotics, the way I think about it is if I have a complicated case that has hardware and alignment issues and things like that where I really need additional information to be able to create a well-aligned and well-fixed knee, Robotics can be very helpful, and I've used it in that sense. Um, It's a way to avoid failure. Uh, Custom devices, in my mind, that I use more frequently, that are manufactured to the patient's anatomy and have the alignment predetermined uh, in a much more exacting way than even a robot can do, uh, helps me try to achieve the goal in, in a continuum of patients of what I call the forgotten knee. 
a knee replacement that basically functions like normal, that people could do anything they want without thinking about it. And I think that's really been uh, the holy grail that we're working towards. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, robots are different machines for different applications. For instance, one company uh, has a robot where the technology is 13 years old. And even though there's been software updates, the hardware is basically the same. Hmm. And how you use the robot also is critically important in terms of whether you're just making bony alignment uh, uh, changes or determinations or whether you're using it to replicate the soft tissue envelope. So there's a lot of nuances. Uh, I love technology, but I think sometimes... Perception is more powerful than reality, and technology can actually work against you, uh, a.k.a. social media and some of these other things that are going on. Yeah. So that's my that's my riff. Yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, I know that uh, when you had replaced my hip, which, by the way, I want to let our listeners know, I, I have said this several times, but I got to the uh, surgery center at 6.15 in the morning. I was on the gurney and ready for an operation at uh, 7.30, I woke up and said, "When's the doc going to replace my knee, replace my hip?" And the, the the woman said, "I think she was the anesthesiologist." Said he already did. <laughs> and I was in the car at eleven fifteen, ready to go home. Yeah, and walking a little bit, a couple of steps. It it is pretty amazing how, uh, you know, since your knees in uh, two thousand six and your hip uh, more recently, the technology has really advanced on a lot of fronts. Yeah. And and. And so, you know, it's critically important that we stay ahead so that we're doing things incrementally and towards uh, a better way. Uh, I think we followed that recipe. I think that sometimes you, you, you have to learn from things that are uh, not quite what you expected. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bob, there's three factors. There's, there's the patient uh, and what they bring uh, to uh, the, the problem that you're trying to solve. Uh, there's the surgeon uh, with their experience and their know-how and their abilities, and there's the brand and the technique of the implants that you use. Probably the least important is the brand and the implants and the robots and the custom and this and that, you know, because a good surgeon with a good patient can oftentimes overcome some usual limitations in, in the third factor. That being said, you want to fire on all cylinders yeah. and try to have the best of all worlds so that you have an optimal result. So I, I know that uh, you know, as a surgeon, you want to be as resourceful as you can. I know that you sent my x-rays, I think it was to Australia or someplace, in order to get some additional input on alignment, I believe it was. So, I mean, I, to me, that just, I think, demonstrates being resourceful. Uh, well, I'll tell you, you you know, not to put too much information, but people that have had back surgeries and fusions uh-huh. have alignment issues in terms of how the pelvis aligns, and you can have what's called spinopelvic dissociation as a result. So <clears throat> I think that in terms of hip replacement, you want to optimize the positioning of things, taking that into account. And that's some technology that we use in those situations. And call it what you want, resourceful, uh, being prepared, uh, uh, optimizing, whatever it may be, we want to hit a home run every time. Absolutely. And that's where we're going and where we've been. And when you look at you know, how other people do things and how they kind of create their world, uh, <clears throat> you know, I want a better way. 
and uh, I, I, <laughs> I worry about that happening in other places, you know, politics aside. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly can control my little world and make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can for the benefit of the patient. That's what it's all about. So interesting. So uh, usually, I would imagine, before the last uh, decade or so, uh, custom implants, you simply had uh, maybe a couple size of uh, implants, that uh, a knee or a, a hip, and you'd uh, select the one that was the best. But, so how, how do you customize an implant? Yeah, I think that it's, again, technology-based with 3D printers and good information. Uh, We get very accurate information, for instance, from low-radiation CT scanning, mm -hmm. and we're able to translate that into a 3D printer and uh, create an implant that's designed for that individual patient. And there's a lot of advantages to that. Um, And I think in terms of medicine uh, as a whole, we're headed towards personalization. What works for one individual may not work as well for another. Yeah. And knowing those differences is sometimes nuanced. In terms of uh, custom implants, that nuance is addressed. So interesting. Again, Dr. George Markovich, my orthopedic surgeon, by the way, as, as I mentioned before. And uh, if you have any kind of aches or pains in your joints, uh, don't suffer with pain needlessly. Have it addressed. That's the first thing that Dr. Markovich did with me for the couple of years. He actually treated my pain, treated my uh, situation so that until I was ready, actually, to say, doctor, it's time to replace my knees. Could you do it? And uh, so just, I will tell you that you get the very best possible care at, at, with Dr. George Markovich. His phone number is 482-5399, 482-5399. Doctor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Bob. I'll just add that biologically, we're also exploring many different things to hopefully avoid the mechanical solutions uh, as much in the future. So thank you so much, and always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, doctor. All right. uh, By the way, uh, I want to remind you that uh, on Wednesday through Saturdays, uh, Lulabee's Diner is known for its terrific breakfasts or lunches, and uh, they are now serving dinner. Wednesday through Saturday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. The menu's great. It's casual dining. It's inexpensive, but all just so good. Chef Richie just creates some great meals, including, well, of course, uh, comfort food, but also a great seafood like salmon, snapper, grouper, and other wonderful dishes. So I hope you'll check out uh, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m., Uh, for a fantastic dinner. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratostel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app and visit the website choicesocial.us. Also brought to you by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They get the politics and they know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to ha- be successful in passing legislature legislation in the uh, in their various houses, both state and uh, federal. Uh, visit the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. I called uh, the, the mayor of Naples, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. He's got a case of laryngitis. I think he's probably better off not speaking to us this morning. We have a lot to talk about. The U.S. House of Representatives, Jim Jordan, said Monday at least one undercover FBI employee sought to monitor parishioners in Catholic houses of worship to combat domestic terrorism uh, using tripwire and and, uh, sources. According to internal documents released by the House Judiciary Committee, FBI authorities plan to use churches as new avenues for tripwire and source development, sending a message that the federal law enforcement may be listening while Americans practice their First Amendment right to worship freely. Can you believe that? Uh, Jordan said it was chilling. In a letter to the FBI Director Christopher Wray, uh, Jordan pointed out the agency cited a desire to sensitize congregations in the Richmond area of Virginia to to the warning signs of radicalization and list their assistance to serve as suspicious activity tripwires. In other words... Uh, trying to get people to rat on each other. Uh, Based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee, we now know that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis, and then the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith, Jordan wrote in a letter to the FBI Director Ray on Monday. Americans attend church to worship and congregate for their spiritual and personal betterment, the letter said. They must be free to exercise their fundamental First Amendment rights without worry that the FBI may be planning planted so-called tripwire sources and other informants in the houses of worship. 
Jordan issued a subpoena for related documents previously requested by the FBI, but the Bureau has been failed to provide them so far. He uh, first obtained internal documents from the Bureau with Representative Mike Johnson from uh, Louisiana last month after FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin published a leaked document in the explicitly pointed to radically or ethically ethnically remote uh, motivated violent extremists and radical traditionalist Catholic ideology. Uh, though tripwires and lia- liaisons are uh, trusted contacts, Serafin noted the FBI can employ threat mitigation against such groups ahead of the next election. The document drew attention to so-called radical traditional Catholic described as someone who rejects the Second Vatican Council as a valid church council, shows disdain for most of the popes elected since Vatican II, and frequently adheres to anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, and white supremacy ideology. How many Catholics do you think that describes? I would suggest the number is close to none. Anyhow, following the leak of the unclassified intelligence document, the FBI authorities purged its system and began reviewing the basis for the document. FBI Director Ray told the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence during our March 8th hearing that when he first learned of the intelligence document, he was aghast, reiterating that the Bureau immediately began to withdraw and remove it from the FBI systems. It does not reflect our FBI standards, Ray wrote. Uh, we do not conduct investigations based on religious affiliations or practices. We have also now ordered our inspection division to take a look at how this happened and try to figure out how can we make sure it doesn't happen again. So in other words, Ray, the head of the FBI, didn't know what the heck was going on. And we do not and will not target people for religious beliefs and will not uh, monitor people's religious practices, he added. That's not acceptable. Well, it certainly isn't. The U.S. House of Representatives Andy Biggs slammed the Bureau in a a tweet following Jordan's letter questioning how many undercover employees were attending Easter Masses across the nation. This is just another reason why we must defund the FBI and the Department of Justice, Biggs said. They are completely departed from their mission. Think about that. Well, they've been departed from their mission for a long, long time, I believe. Uh, And I'm, uh, you know, always the... Uh, disclaimer that there's many, many good agents, but uh, the head of these of these organizations are, in my mind, corrupt. Well, yesterday, the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government reviewed or revealed new revelations about the FBI attempting to plant informants inside the Catholic congregations. From this limited production, it is apparent that the FBI, relying on our information derived from at least one undercover employee, sought to use local religious organizations, as we just covered. Uh, but when Attorney General Merrick Garland was asked about this very issue in front of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee just a few weeks ago, he claimed the FBI and Department of Justice were not engaging in these practices. Our department protects all religious, uh, all ideologies. It does not have any bias against any religion of any kind, Garland claimed under questioning from uh, Senator Josh Hawley. Did Garland perjure himself, or does he not have control and knowledge about what's happening in the FBI, which, by the way, the FBI falls under the uh, Department of Justice and the uh, Attorney General's jurisdiction and uh, leadership? Now, in a related story, this concerns me because I think it demonstrates a lack of support for organized uh, religion and an effort to uh, quell the religious voices of the United States. 
The Walter Reed National Military Medical Center has cut ties with the community of Catholic priests that have administered religious rights to service members and veterans at the hospital for two decades. Walter Reed's Medical Center, one of the most prominent military hospitals in the United States, issued a cease and desist letter on March 31st informing the Franciscan priests and brothers of the nearly a nearby Holy Name College Friary that they must stop their religious services for service members and veterans at the hospital. The Catholic Archdiocese for the Military Services condemned the cease and desist notice, uh, which they said violates the First Amendment right to the free exercise of one's religion. Specifically, the Archdiocese said the move leaves Catholic service members and veterans at the hospital without access to adequate pastoral care. The Archdiocese said Walter Reed Medical Center has awarded pastoral care contract to a secular defense contracting firm. Our understanding is that the Franciscans were underbid by the secular defense contracting firm who was awarded the contract. Can you believe this? Elizabeth A. Tomlin, the general counsel for the military archdiocese, uh, said. Tomlin explained that while the secular firm had the more competitive bid, they lacked the most simple qualifications to fulfill the contract having ordained priests who could perform specific religious rites like the sacrament and the confession. It's incomprehensible that essential biological care and pastoral care, I should say, is taken away from the sick and the aged, which is uh, when it was so readily available. This is a classic case where the adage is, if it's not broken, don't fix it, applies. I fear that giving contract to the lowest bidder overlooked the fact that the bidder cannot provide the necessary service. And that is so true. Though the secular firm has underbid the Franciscans on the holy name, Tomlin explained that the otherwise unqualified secular firm planned to overcome its lack of qualified priests by subcontracting out the very same Franciscan priests and brothers that had underbid they had underbid in the first place. So in other words, they were going to uh, couldn't provide the service, so they're going to take the money and see if they can't use some of that money to hire out the uh, priests. So, again, when you take all these pieces and start to fit them together, it looks to me uh, like uh, this is, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, arresting people who are uh, singing uh, and praying in front of uh, Planned Parenthood. We're talking about now getting rid of the Franciscans in terms of providing uh, spiritual support at the uh, hospital, Veterans Hospital. We're also, we're talking about... uh, uh, spies in Catholic churches. What's going on here? This doesn't make any sense to me. And of course, it's all being denied. Oh, gee, I didn't know that. We were. He says he's aghast. Christopher Ray says he's aghast that this could be happening here in uh, in our services. Just unbelievable. If you're concerned, I'm concerned. I am certainly concerned about this. We have a right, no, irrespective of. Uh, whatever your religious affiliations might be, it is a First Amendment right to be able to exercise uh, your First Amendment rights. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tomorrow, we've got some uh, great guests, including uh, William Yateman. He is a research, uh, I should say, a senior legal fellow at the Pacific uh, Foundation. Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the uh, Cato Institute. Adrian Kerr has an interesting new program they developed at Hodges University. We'll be talking about that. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. 
Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.